you have your Bibles, turn back to Proverbs chapter 24, and we'll try to take up where we left off last Sunday night on breathing new life into your relationships. And for, your, for you married people, breathing new life into your marriage, amen? For you single people, breathing new life into your relationships. And so uh, I hope it'll be a blessing to your heart. Other day, Connie and I were called up to the hospital to pray over a little baby uh, that uh, the parents are sitting right back here, uh, Miss uh, Sherry's uh, son and daughter-in-law had a little baby named Collins, little girl, and uh, she cried so loud when they gave her the shot that she ripped open her lung, and the air was rushing over her heart, and she was turning purple, and they thought they were going to lose her, but she was in the right place at the right time, Amen. and God spared her life with that new breath, and that's what I want to preach on tonight having that new breath in your relationships. And some people have bad breath, but some people have good breath. And that is the good word of God uh, being brought forth from your vessel. You know, life's too short to argue and fuss and fight and manipulate and maneuver. What we need is make our relationships a ministry, every relationship, no matter who you're with, that you look at it as an opportunity to minister Grace to the hearer, and that's Ephesians 4.29, and if you're going to minister grace to the hearer, that means they must hear something worth hearing, and so we're going to get to the heart of the matter, I preached on it last week, and we're going to get right to the heart of the matter uh, as I go to point three of this message. Uh, pray for me, I'll be doing this at the uh, couples retreat for Old Swanee Baptist Church, they're 190 years old, one of the oldest churches in Georgia. But they know they're not old enough not to have a couple's retreat. And we had our first one last year with them. And they invited us back to start Thursday. I'll be standing five hours teaching uh, in five different sessions. And I need your prayers. We start Thursday night, go through to Saturday. Get out of town just in time uh, to get out of town uh, so we won't be seeing all the red and black uh, suffocate all the orange up there. Amen. <laughs> On Saturday night. We'll be out of town by then, I promise you. And so thank the Lord for that. That's going to be a crowd. 100,000 people watching one ball game. And so if we have a if we have uh, 100 here, we thank God on Sunday night. Look at verse 3 and 4 of Proverbs 24. Then we'll go back to our text in Proverbs 18, 4. Let's stand on the word of God. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established. I don't know about you, but I want to have a house that's stable. And I'm not talking about a house, but a home. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Through wisdom is a house built. Now turn back to Proverbs 18.4. And I want to emphasize something I did not emphasize last Sunday night. Last Sunday night was a real hectic. And Miss Connie was uh, over at the Newberries, which I appreciate that. Brother Austin, the son, came over and got her right in the middle of the service. And um, I'll just be honest with you, I'm glad I didn't see the text at five minutes till six because uh, I needed to preach that message last week. Amen. A couple of couples uh, that uh, uh, really responded, and I thank God for it. But we all need it, every one of us. Proverbs 18 and verse 4. So preaching is the priority around here. It says, And the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and here's the key, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. That, that shows me the vitality and the refreshment 
of wisdom as a flowing brook, but also I want to emphasize the wellspring of wisdom. The wellspring of wisdom. Sharing, sharing your heart, not just your words. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you, dear God, for this opportunity to help families, especially marriages. We all need it. God, we take each other for granted. We don't mean to. And God, we know that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So God, we want to be fruitful. and We want to be refreshing. And Lord, we want to be ministering to our mate. God help the homes that are in a stalemate right now. There's stagnancy in the homes. There's a lack of appreciation. Matter of fact, there's a lot of depreciation with caustic words and taking each other for granted, fussing and fighting, cussing, hurting each other with words. And so, Lord, I pray to your God that you'd deal with heart. God, you know who needs it the most, and probably it's me. But God, help us to have wisdom to build our homes and understanding to establish it. It might be filled with precious and pleasant, precious and uh, pleasant riches that only you can give us. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Proverbs, over 143 times, mentions three words. Tongue, 19 times. Mouth, 52 times. Lips, 42 times. And words, 40 times. That equals 153 times communication is referred to in the book of Proverbs. And so wisdom is... Knowing when to say and how much to say and if to say what you say. But I tell you, friend, as I study the Word of God, I realize that we can't control our tongue. The Bible says that, so I believe it. I'd believe it if it, didn't, if it wasn't in the Bible. I can't control my tongue and neither can you. But God, the Holy Spirit, can. And I believe that it all comes from the heart. So number one, as I brought out last week, if you want to build your house, you must build it with the fear of God. The fear of God. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? And so the Bible says through wisdom is your house built. So I want to say this. If you don't practice the presence of God in your home, then your home's in bad shape. Because what you're doing is manipulating and maneuvering so you can enjoy yourself at the expense of somebody else. And sometimes we have the fear of man, but we don't have the fear of God. And then second of all, through the book of Proverbs, we learn that wisdom is focusing as God focuses. It's having a perspective of looking at things through God's eyes. It's looking at people through God's eyes. And folks, knowing that God knows his fear and being aware of his presence in our home is the fear of God. But folks, we ought to know that God has a plan for our life. He has power for our life. And he has a ministry of fulfillment. Folks, I want to tell you something. Marriage is in life is too short not to have some happiness, some peace. I think that's the pleasant riches. And you know people today that fight like cats and dogs, pardon the expression. You know some people today that have not made it and they've had to walk off into the sunset and leave their children wondering what in the world happened and being pawns in a custody case. And folks, I want to tell you something. God help us to not to live like that. That's heathen living. That's, that's carnal living. That's flesh living. Our homes ought to be different. Our homes ought to be flowing with the Spirit of God from one heart to another heart. Amen? 
and flowing with the right words. Uh, Proverbs 15 and Proverbs 18 really emphasize words. And I'll just read these words in Proverbs 15, verse 23. If you'll turn with me there just in review real quick for those that were out ministering or skipped church last week or wasn't here. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 23 says this. It says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Praise God. <clears throat> Can somebody say that you just have good timing and good taste in what you say? You know, some people are so pessimistic, you don't really enjoy being around them. But folks, we ought to be positive, but we ought to not just be positive. We ought to be full of His Spirit when we don't feel like saying something worthy to say. And we let God, the Holy Spirit, shut our mouth. There's a lot in the Bible, especially Proverbs, about when to keep your mouth shut. Amen? I told you I needed this. Three fingers pointing back, one point at you. And we need to, with all our heart, realize as Proverbs 8.13 says, turn with me, Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. So the fear of the Lord is don't have a forward mouth. Now, a forward mouth means this. Let God put a watch over your lips, as Job uh, prayed for. A fresh and flowing brook is what we need. God the Spirit, with, with words controlled, breathes new life into a relationship. Respect will motivate, move, and energize your mate in 60 seconds. That's right. I meant to bring my plate that Miss Rose made me about the crazy cycle, but let me give you the spiritual cycle. It's love from the spirit of love, a heart of love, and then it's respect, and then it's love, and then it's respect, and that brings energy, that brings life, that brings flowing, that brings vibrance. Now in the flesh, in the carnal flesh, we have no respect, no love, no respect, no love, and it's a cycle. I'd look at it more than a cycle, it's a cesspool, it's a whirlpool that sucks you down into a degree that you are so hard to live with um, that people would people can hardly stand you, and they don't understand you, and you're not an attractive person. You're a you're a, a, a an attacking person. So gracious words promotes instruction. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It you can close the spirit of your mate. Proverbs fifteen four. It says it brings a breach in the spirit. Look at that. Proverbs fifteen four. The wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Close the spirit of your wife, and it's going to be hard to open it up. Amen. Praise God. You close the spirit of anybody, and I, uh, that's like a whoop-down dog. You ever seen a master abuser dog? And every time that master comes up on the porch, it scrunks down like it's getting, going to get beat again. That's closing the spirit of a dog. But some people treat their wife like a dog. They push them down and they, do, and they, and they, uh, they uh, um, criticize them and they find fault and they want to fuss and they, and they want to lift up their little old self in, in their insecurity to criticize and inspect and suspect their mate. Now folks, you said, that ain't going to ever happen to me. Don't ever say that. That pride come before fall. But you know some people is happening to right now and their life is a miserable mess. 
Come on, amen. I mean, they are out of it because of the relationship that comes from sometimes not affirming. Words attract. Word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Proverbs 25, 11. The word acquits means you can have mercy. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, and grievous words stirred up anger. But I want to get to, and, I could, and we can go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where it says we minister grace to the hearer. And then the next verse says, Grieve not the Spirit of God. Folks, there's no accident where the Bible is inspired, and it's all inspired, and the order it is, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. None. None. And folks, corrupt communication is rotten. It's uh, wasteful. It's degrading. It's just garbage. And folks, you make people feel like garbage instead of a gift to God. I'll be teaching the first session Thursday night on uh, the greatest verse on marriage in the Bible, and it's Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, about uh, we ought to leave, cleave, and be one. But the preceding verses is, is that Adam received his wife as a gift from God. And I guarantee you she treated her good until Satan came in chapter 3, and he said, the woman made me do it. Started the blame game. I believe that was in the Sunday school lesson this morning. I listened very closely. We don't play the blame game. Amen. But many times insecure husbands blame their wife for everything. That's right. And they blame their children. And they blame President Trump, I guess. Amen. I don't know who they blame. Come on. Maybe they, maybe they blame the piranha without teeth, Nancy Pelosi. I don't know. Sick and tired of that mess. Amen. Made some of you listen anyway. You that tuned in, you just turned off. Amen. That's all right. I want to get your attention. Never seen so much attacking and devastating talk in both parties. What we need is to get together and pray. What we need to do is get back to God. What we need to do is let God put a guard upon everything we say. Amen. Praise God. That goes for politicians too. Come on, say amen. But folks, I want to tell you something. It begins with words. And folks, we need to realize we shouldn't be argued, arguing all the time. Proverbs 25, verse 24. The Bible says this. Listen. Proverbs 25, verse 24. Don't you love the book of wisdom? Amen. Would you turn with me there? Proverbs 25, verse 24. Thank you, Ms. Joanne. Glad you're turning. Look at verse 24. It says, better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman. Woo! In a wide house. Hallelujah. Hey, I like that verse, ladies. Amen. We could, well, let's be honest now, let's be politically correct. That could be the same thing for man too. Amen. It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling man. Because some of you men, y'all nag more than any woman that ever hit this earth. Say amen. Come on. Praise God. And I want to tell you something, friend. It brings death to the family. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 talks about trying to outword somebody. Proverbs 10, verse 19. Turn with me there. We'll get to the heart of the matter. I got about 10 minutes. 
Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. The Bible says this, In the multitude of words there's wanting, there, there wanteth not sin, but he that reframeth his lips is wise. Amen. Listen, I want to tell you something. If you keep your mouth shut, they might think you're wise, but if you open it up, they'll know you're not. <laughs> Come on, say amen. I mean, some people just notify everybody. They're pretty unwise, I'll be honest. And all they had to do is sit there and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They said, man, that's a wise man. He didn't say a word. That's exactly what God says do in some cases. Now, I believe this. I think you ought to say some words. Hey, if you're courting, you better say some words. Hey, if you ever want to get married, you better say some words to the opposite sex. Say amen. I mean, you really should, you should really tell somebody that you like them. Amen. So I ain't going to never do that. I'm too shy. Well, welcome to the celebrity of being single for the rest of your life because I'm telling you, women want to hear it. You know, I would like to spend some time with you. I'd like to go out to eat with you. That takes guts, but I'm going to tell you something. That's what we did. Amen. And by the way, you ought to do the things you did after you get married, before you got married, and you won't get unmarried. Say amen. Right. That's called courting and dating and loving and, and sacrificing and spending money. And as you got her, you don't even speak to her. God help you. Don't be quick to answer what the Bible says. Don't be hasty and hateful. Think before you speak. Put that up there on the wall, Brother Cody. Think. Somebody made this as a result of my message last night. Brother Blaine, I thought it was beautiful. Proverbs 15, verse 28. The Bible says this. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. Studieth to answer. You ought to think this before you ever say a word. See, most of the times we just don't think. Amen? Hey, if you ever, you ever thought this, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> hey, come on now, amen? Oops. It's like that text that I sent out. They spell-checked it to those women that time, which I ain't never sent another one. I hate texting. If you want to speak to me, speak to me, amen? Because some of your texts sound terrible, and I know you don't mean to be that mean. Come on, say amen. It's almost like you're bossing the preacher around. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And I know you're not. The tone would say, would you please, preacher, you know, come over to my house at 2 o'clock instead of bossing me around. On a text. But let me just say this. Think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Breathing life into your marriage. Think before you speak. I like that so much I'm making it a theme for my sub theme for my retreat this weekend. Think. Breathing new life. Now I want to give you in closing the crux of the whole matter. Preparation for effective communication. In Proverbs chapter 4, and this is where I touched on before we dismissed hastily yesterday, last week. Proverbs 4.23 is the key to good words. It's the key for you to minister. It's the key to you being a person that brings joy and life into your relationship and I hate to say it friend but it it's not just your words it's your heart anybody can speak good words Casanova speak good words the harlot woman in chapter 5 verse 3 
spoke smooth words and God called them bitter wormwood or poisonous words. So you can be allured into an emotional affair through words. You better watch it where people start criticizing your wife and then admiring and, and complimenting you in the same paragraph. What I'd say is you ought to get some tennis shoe sanctification and run from that harlot. Amen. amen. Somebody should have said amen that's avoided an affair lately. You'd never say amen now, I know. But anyway, look at this, verse 23. <laughs> look at verse 23. It says this, chapter 4. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. The treasures of your heart is your thought life, your attitude, your appetite. And the Bible says you don't even know your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9. It's deceitfully and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Hebrew connotation, no one. Well, if I know my heart, Smoking's not a sin. You don't know your heart. Well, if I know my heart, I have victory over that sin completely. I'll never commit adultery. You don't know your heart. Folks, the heart is desperately and deceitfully wicked. And folks, the devil wants to get a hold of your heart, and then out of your heart, write it down, I ain't got time to go there. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 36, is words. And out of the heart comes words. And so the key is the wellspring. The key is the source. The key is not just the flowing water, but where does the flowing water come from? And folks, what we need is our heart needs to be captivated, controlled by the Holy Spirit. That'll sum up the deadness in your, uh, in your it'll, it'll distract, it'll, it'll extract the deadness in your relationship if you will let the Holy Spirit control your heart towards your mate. That's it. Out of the issues of life, the heart speaketh. Look at verse 26, Proverbs chapter 4. Ponder the path of thy feet, let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor the left, remove thy foot from evil. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood and sharp as a two-edged sword. And down in verse 15, it says, Drink water out of thine own system. And folks, in running water, you know what that means? Keep it fresh at home. Let me just sum up this message, and then we'll turn to James 3 in closing. You need to have an affair in your own home. Affair is a fantasy. You know, she'd be better to be with. It'd be more exciting to go off to some motel somewhere. It'd be more exciting to fool around and, and be uh, fornicating and committing adultery. Not even care about my kids and not care about the wife that's put up with you for 40 years. That'd be exciting. That'd be thrilling. No, that's a lie. That's a fantasy of sin. That is a snare. That is a trap. And if you don't believe it, read Proverbs chapter 6 on through about the uh, verse 27 through the end of the uh, uh, chapter. It says, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be not burned? Can he go uh, upon the hot coals and his feet not be burned? 
It'll burn you. It's a trap. You better thank God you got a preacher to preach it straight and tell you and warn you that it is a trap from Satan and folks, it's a fantasy of an affair and the only way to prevent that is having an affair in your own life. Take her out to eat once a year. Send her a card once a year. Hey, don't forget her birthday once a year. Come on, man, that's all you got to do is remember one time a year when her birthday is, amen? And don't take her to a a restaurant that has a drive through window on, her an, on your anniversary. Amen. Let's get real. Amen. I love preaching on marriage because it is the foundation for society. And I just want to show you how desperately wicked you really are and I am. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3 in closing. And we'll get to the wisdom in just a moment. In chapter 3, verse 2, there's a sign of spiritual maturity that blows my mind. But it's true because it's the Word of God. Verse Chapter 3, it says in verse 2, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and also able to bridle the whole body. The Bible says this, If you do not offend in word, you're spiritually mature. Let me give, let me give you that again. Ladies, let me pick on you just a second. If you do not offend your husband all the time, it's telling Lord and yourself and your family and your children you're spiritually mature. A spiritually immature person just lets it rip. They give them a piece of their mind when they ought to be given a piece of their heart. Mind, will, and emotion. As a man thinketh in his heart. Don't think this is a pump that I'm talking about. I'm talking about your inner being. I'm talking about the inner man. I'm talking about the mind, will, and emotion. That's the heart, scripturally speaking. And folks, the Bible says you are not a perfect or mature man if you cannot bridle your tongue. And if you bridle your tongue, it's a good sign you're bridling your mouth, I mean your, your body, and thank God you have something in your heart that's wholesome. And so, first of all, we see it very clearly that the use or abuse of the tongue Shows maturity or immaturity. And then look at uh, verse 3. It says, Behold, we put bits in our, the horse's mouth that they may, listen, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ship, which uh, through there be uh, so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are turned about with a very little small helm or rudder, whatsoever the governor listeth. Even so, even so, Tongue is a little member and boasts us great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindled. A little fire kindled. I uh, forgot the lady's name in Chicago, but her cow kicked over a, a, a lantern and it caught a, 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 a barn on fire. And that fire almost burnt the whole city of Chicago up. And D.L. Moody didn't give an invitation that night. And he was so ashamed of himself that Thousands and thousands perished in that town. Some of them he preached to that night because Miss Sally's cow kicked over a little lantern. Oh, what a little fire kindled. But what is that fire analogy to? Well, look at verse 6. The tongue is a fire. The tongue is a fire. I'm going to tell you this, friend. You can bring warmth and comfort, peace, joy with your tongue 
Oh, you can burn somebody's self-image right up. Mm. You can destroy somebody's reputation with your gossip, your slander. A little insecure person, you want to criticize everybody else that's a little taller, spiritually speaking. We're all guilty of it. We all like to see somebody else fail so it'll make us look more successful. And that's wicked. Fire. Look at this. A world of iniquity. The tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among all our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of the nature and set on fire of hell. I hate to be blunt, but I got to be because I've only got a couple of minutes. If you want to bring hell in your home or heaven, right. it's how you guard your heart. It's what fills your heart. I'll just be honest with you. You fill your heart with pornography, you'll think about adultery all the time. Come on, amen. Listen to me now. Don't go to sleep. I know it's warm. Slap yourself. <laughs> uh, that wasn't nice. Please listen. But listen, folks, we ain't got time fool around in church. We ain't got time to be uncontrolled, uh, out of control because the Bible says for every kind of beast and every bird and serpent of the things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. In other words, it's saying you got to get your tongue tamed. But wait a minute, there's a, there's a problem here. Verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. How about that? That's, that's worth coming to church for. Say amen. The tongue no man can tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly what? Poison! I don't know if you get this or not, but if you keep poisoning your kids and poisoning your wife and poisoning your husband, they're going to sooner or later die towards you. You'll close their spirit. And the family will be death. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and wherein curse we men, which are made of after the similitude of God. You come to church on Sunday and act like a heathen on Monday. And folks, in your Christianity, never rise any higher than your Christianity in the home. Say amen. Right. You can pump it up if you want to, but it ain't going to do any good because people know you. Right. Amen. Look at this. Out of the same mouth proceed the blessings and cursings. Verse 10, you with me? James chapter 3, you with me? Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be. I love James. We're going to go into that in Sunday school in a few weeks. I want to tell you something. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a book of maturity. Amen. This is not for wimps. This is not for little backslidden uh, introverts. This is a great book on how to grow up and how to give your life as a blessing to others. But look at verse 11. I'm going to try to get to verse 17. It says, Doth the fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? You say, well, sometimes I'm just a schizophrenic. Don't you, don't you believe that psycho babble? You're not a schizophrenic. You're either flesh or spirits. Amen? I know there's probably some schizos in this church, but I'm telling you this. God help us to realize that you either yield to the flesh or yield to the spirit. And when you yield to the flesh, you are mean. But if you yield to the spirit, you are sweet. Amen. So how are you yielding? 
Well, I'm wheeling and dealing. I'm telling people how they, they make me sick. You know something? You make them sick. And you're a lonely person. Say amen right there. You lonely. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. And the first thing you ought to do is compliment somebody once in a while if you have to make up something. <laughs> amen. Some people look at, look at oh, well, yeah, okay, God. Remember Miss Carolyn uh, McNeese never spoke to me. She was so shy. But one time she complimented my tie. Great nerve. She just brought, preacher, that's a good looking tie. And every time I put that tie on, I said, man, praise God, the shyest lady in the church liked my tie. I think I, I, think I like it. Another guy one time, uh, I sang Brother Travis and uh, sang with one of those tapes that we outlawed. The reason we did is because I couldn't sing with them. No, and, uh, uh, you know, we just got rid of them because they were so whirly and people were coming here with Johnny Cash on Sunday night and practice all day, all week in their car with Johnny Cash music. I couldn't take it. But anyway, and we made some people mad. But I remember uh, I sang a song, I thought it was a beautiful song. It was a beautiful song, but I did not do it good. Like me and you singing this morning, we tried our best. Whew. I remember we got to the door, and this old guy, he ain't said nothing uh, at all to me, but he, he looked at me and shook my hand and said, Preacher, stick to preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I, thought, I went home pouting, didn't I, Connie? About two hours, amen? I couldn't eat my hot dog. I said, there. He said, Stick to preaching. That's probably what I should stick to preaching, but, you know, sometimes you get a song in your heart, you can't help it, you know. But, um, and, he, and he was saying it because the tape went on and I didn't go on and, you know, it didn't adjust like Miss uh, Trudy and Miss Rebecca. You know, they'll stop and say, well, he'll catch it in a minute, but, you know, <laughs> orchestra. But, I mean, the tapes, just they just keep on going. But I'll never forget that word of criticism. It was months before I even tried to sing just as I am. <laughs> I didn't feel worthy. Wisdom. Wisdom. Look at verse 12. Can a fig tree? No. Verse 13. Who is a wise man and undued, endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. Now we get into the thing about wisdom builds your home. Look at verse 14. But if you have bitter envy, strife in your hearts, Glory not, and lie not against the truth. And here it is. I've read this whole chapter to get to these verses. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly. Listen to this. Sensual, devilish, where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Is that your home? Is that what you want your children's home to be like? Well, just keep it up, buddy. And those kids are not going to know anything but sensual, devilish, earthly, envy and strife and confusion and every evil work. But listen to this, verse 17, I close. But the wisdom that is from above is first then what? What, what version? Yeah, that's it. Pure. Pure. I skipped it. I'm sorry. You was on. I wasn't. It's pure. The wisdom's pure. It's not adulterated, mixed wisdom. It's not half worldly, half carnal. It's just pure wisdom 
based on biblical truth, praise God, guided by the Holy Ghost, and then it's what? Class? Peaceable. Peaceable. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it real kindly. Some of your children are praying for a peaceable home. They're praying for it. They're nervous wrecks. They're like I was living in a home with a drunk. And I shouldn't say that. An ex-alcoholic. Peaceable. A home ought to be a place of peace. Amen. Amen. You go home, it's not manipulation and maneuvering and 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 and, and death and stagnation and fighting and fussing and warring and just foolishness. It's wisdom that is from above. It's pure and peaceful. And then look at the next word. Gentle. Oh, we need a Holy Ghost dose of gentleness. Because who is it that we let, it, let, let them have it? It's our mates, our children. And it says easy to be entreated. You ought to be approachable. I'm not talking about not having discipline. You know how I feel about that. You will ruin your children if you don't discipline. Amen. You ought to discipline often when they're children, and you won't have to discipline when they grow up and become big children, spoiled children, brats. I mean, you ought, you ought to break that from them. You say, I don't believe that. Well, how's your kids turning out? I believe you ought to be disciplined. I believe you ought to... Be the hand of God that says, no, that's the boundaries. I love you, but I cannot tolerate disrespect towards your mother. Amen. Or anyone else. Right. Tough love. But it's not being not peaceable and pure and gentle. I believe after you wear a child out, ministerially speaking, and you discipline them, there ought to be a time of grief, but then there ought to be a time of love. Some people discipline their kids, and for four days, they don't speak to the kid. You're ruining them. They, th- they're di- they're just, they just think there's no hope of ever getting back right in fellowship. Hey, discipline them. Let them stay in the room for about five or ten minutes and think about it and pray about it and grieve about their sin against you and God, and then hug them and say, you're free. You don't have to spend the rest of your life in the bedroom. You can drive again. Here's your keys. I believe that would be discipline. And then listen to this, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruits of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I close by saying this. The key to good words is good hearts. The key to a good heart is Holy Ghost filled. Word filtered and filled hearts. It's that you don't play church, but you go home and you rehearse what you hear and you worship God at home and you read your Bible every day and you turn up the alarm system to your old wicked heart and your loud mouth and say, Dear God, put a watch on my heart. And then if if your heart's right, your mouth's right. And if your mouth's not right, your heart's not right. Folks, the, the key, the key to the peace and flowing beautiful relationships in the home and everywhere else is the heart. It's the heart. It's the heart. Out of that proceeds all the issues of life and all the words of life. 
And so, turn in your Bible in closing and say this verse with me. Psalms 19, verse 14. Psalms 19, verse 14. We'll close. Let's stand as we, as we read it. Psalms 19, verse 14. This ought to be a prayer. You ought to memorize it. Brother Andrew, I believe this is a song. You, you know it. But we're not going to try it. Anyway, uh, well, you know it. I know it. I just can't sing it. But this is a beautiful song. I want you to read it with me, class. Thank God I woke a couple of you up when you stood up. Unless you, unless you sleep, stand up like a horse, you, you're all awake. And I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Let's read it together. Let the words of my mouth meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redemption one more time class let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redemption that verse is so beautiful and folks the words of your mouth depend upon the meditation so the key to effective communication is the wellspring. It's the source. It's the heart. The heart. I don't know about you, but I want to give my heart to my, my, my love, Miss Tommy. I want to be sharing heart, not just sharing words, because words are easily spoken. But hearts are transparent hearts are flowing and the heart of the matter is the heart Father thank you for the message thank you for these two messages and I pray dear God that you'd help us to realize that the energizing of our marriage is through honor and respect and love and that is voiced by words from a yielded heart God give us wisdom but God give us a heart for wisdom a heart for God and a heart to minister and God Lord that nothing corrupt should proceed out of our mouth that we might not grieve the spirit of God that we'd be tender hearted forgiving one another as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us thank you for Ephesians 4.32 may we live it out by the Holy Ghost, enlighten us that we cannot control our tongue. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can tame it. You can control it. And Lord, you can use it as a mighty rudder of a, of a ship. You can use it as a warmth of fire from heaven instead of a fire from hell. If we'll only fill our hearts with your word and your spirit. With every heart bowed before God, and a brief invitation. How many want to go home and minister to your mate and minister to your children with a heart full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of peace, full of gentleness, full of even power to, to edify build up, to motivate, to challenge your family.
That's your prayer tonight. Would you raise your hand towards heaven? i got to raise mine. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for what you've taught us today. Thank you for James chapter 3, such a pungent and pure chapter about the tongue. God, thank you for wisdom that ascends and descends from above. And God forbid that we have the wisdom of this world that says if it don't work out, find another one. Lord, help us not to have the wisdom of Hollywood, the wisdom of hell, the wisdom of politics only. God, help us to have the wisdom of heaven. By your spirit, by your word, we pray these things in Jesus' name.